life is paradoxical and that there is no this or that. And when we allow ourselves and we suspend the need to know and to have concrete answers, then we can exist in the pure potentiality of what is. And that's what the fool teaches us in the very beginning is that we are so composed of so much potential, but we don't tap into that potential because we have overused our rational mind. This is The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. What is up, homies? This is episode number 78 of The Medicine Podcast. Holy crap, we're getting old. (laughs) I love it. Thank you all so, so much for spending part of your day with us. We know your time is precious, and we think it's awesome that you are choosing to expand your knowledge, your horizons, and potentially expand your consciousness with this one today. We have with us our good friend and wise teacher, Adrian Abeta. You may recognize this name as Adrian was on not too long ago, episode 64, and now is back by popular demand because y'all love that one so much. In that episode, we talk about psychodynamic astrology. It was one of our most downloaded episodes and I highly recommend listening if you haven't already. Today, we are dancing through the world of archetypes and tarot. One of the things I love about Adrienne is how she breaks down these sort of taboo topics like astrology and tarot, speaking to the universal truths, magical beauty, and wisdom that lie within, which are oftentimes not seen by us because of our programming, upbringing, preconceived notions, etc., etc. For instance, I grew up in a home where these topics would have been considered dark arts or even demonic, which is just like laughable to me at this point. And you'll see why in this episode when you listen. We discuss what archetypes are and how we can use their knowledge to help us make sense of who we are becoming and where we are at in the myth of our own life. We get into a lot about tarot, the mysterious origin story, myths and misconceptions, how you can use them in your own life, and we even do a mini reading at the end, which blew Chase and I away, y'all. It was crazy just how spot on it was. The last thing I'm going to say here is that just like with everything, intention is key. Why and how we use different tools matters. If, like us, you want to bring more life, more mystery, more contemplation, more magic, more play, and more ownership into your being and awareness, then you are absolutely going to love this episode and conversation today with Adrian. If you do, please share or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you so much, our gentle listeners. Enjoy the magic of Adrian. Okay, bye. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to The Medicine. We have a fan favorite here with us today. She is back by popular demand. Our good friend Adrian is here. Welcome back to The Medicine. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk about something that is super fun that we've Chase and I have been dipping our toes into, learning about, and uh, Adrian has been such a beautiful teacher of ours. And we're really excited to continue this conversation of archetypes and tarot before i go any further do you say tarot or tarot tarot right <laughs> right definitely don't say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i think it's like tomato tomato yeah so okay. i mean I, it depends on the day sometimes i say tarot other times i say tarot i think what flows off so easily is just tarot tarot yeah, yeah. i find myself saying tarot i think because it sounds like a little fancier oh, and yeah. like <laughs> I li it sounds good in your mouth too yeah, you okay, keep good. that way yeah tarot. in the in the business world we say finance or finance oh and if you're fancy it's finance okay. so tarot okay. maybe has that sort of similar uh eloquence i don't know like like higher <laughs> level of sophistication sophistication sure. yeah I maybe um, so a little bit about today's structure. We're going to dive into all things archetypes and tarot, um, and we're just going to let it flow wherever the, wherever the wind takes us. Um, and then at the end, Adrian's actually going to do a little mini reading for both of us. So make sure you stick around to the end because you can see, you can hear about the, the, the uh, practical part of it. You can hear all the like the history and how it works, but it's different when you actually hear like a master do it. <laughs> so right. we want to give the, the listeners that experience as well. And I think, uh, you know, I'm curious what listeners uh, have, you know, from their perspective, but like our upbringing, hearing about fortune telling or mm -hmm. tarot card reading was something that was, especially in the Christian space, like demonic or evil. Um, and then even when I didn't subscribe to Christianity through college, I was learning or barely learning like this idea of archetypes. Um, and then walking into my adult life, learning more, listening to podcasts, you know, you know, meeting you and getting to know you, Adrian, r realizing that these things that I've loved so much from a like fan fiction perspective, whether it be movies like Lord of the Rings, you know, shows like Game of Thrones, books like Harry Potter, um, these things have symbols and archetypal meaning behind them mm -hmm. that is so engaging yeah there's like a natural draw to at least for me i can't speak for everyone in the world but at least for us we've certainly bonded over this natural draw towards the magical mm -hmm. and um, everyone does yeah i mean that's part of that is an archetypal experience in and of itself is that we desire to connect with something greater than ourselves mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. about it i mean life and survival is you know really dependent upon the monotony of life and so we all desire something greater than ourselves. Mm -hmm. so even that is an archetypal experience yeah and even in the case of like religion you're mm -hmm. you're still connecting with something that is divine. grander bigger more divine mm -hmm. than just you yourself and and you actually maybe we can just touch on this a little bit and then we'll the, we'll, we'll get into our, our our first question but um, you actually have a, a background in like all sorts of religious studies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well, I mean, my journey started, I think maybe I shared this before, you know, I was brought up Christian as well. And so for me, this was also something that was taboo. It was off limits. It was something that was considered evil or fortune telling. And, you know, of course you don't do that. 
Um, and then my experience with this was that when I broke up with Christianity, I was shortly thereafter introduced to the tarot. And prior to that, like I didn't play with Ouija boards. I didn't do any of that. And the, the tarot was something that came to me um, actually through another love story. Um, the, a boyfriend at the time introduced them to me. And I was like, oh, no, I felt in some way I was like defying my my dad more than anything, because my mm. dad was who, you know, brought me into Christianity and my dad had passed away. And so I was like, oh, shoot, you know, am I doing this? Is this bad? Right. But the cards um, that were turned over for me, there was an immediate visceral feeling. And part of that might have been nerves. But the other part was a knowing. In that moment, I knew, like, this is this is my destiny. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what this means, but these are my cards. Th this is my language. And, you know, it, it was not, you know, the, the lightning didn't come out of the sky. And I wasn't <laughs> taken on any horse or anything like that. So it was okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so I then also became very steeped in, in the tarot. And, um, you know, religion has always been something that's very interesting to me because it's another pathway to the divine. Mm -hmm. So my studies in college, um, religious studies was something that was really interesting to me because of the underpinning, um, in religion and it's all archetype. It's right. all story. It's all yeah. folklore. It's all. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's a commonality there that we all speak. We just, unfortunately, sometimes, um, are attached to one way yeah. over yeah. the other. Yeah, we're attached to a sort of programming that we're in one, there's only like, there's only one path to yeah. it. And like anything outside of that is like, I don't want to go there. What's yeah. going to happen? It's unknown is kind of scary. It's also exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's this layer. And I think why I'm so drawn to, to story and myth um, <coughs> and, and even I think why people are drawn to religion oftentimes, if you're not brought up in it and get sort of burned by it, like myself, um, is that there is a chord that is struck within you that recognizes either the patterns or the shapes or the representations of yourself or, or maybe a better version of yourself through archetype. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons that archetype is so engaging, that stories are so engaging, is because you're getting a glimpse at, I think, subconsciously something you're aware of, which is this is something I have the potential for yeah, or potentially even has played out in my life. And I've never been able to articulate narrative to it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a rhyme and a reason behind it. And I think it's like literally just simply self discovery in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Speaking, uh, mm -hmm. speaking of glimpses before we get mm -hmm. too deep, I want to get a glimpse into another glimpse into Adrian's life and what you love and hold dear. And, even if you come on 20 times, I'm going to ask you 20 times, <laughs> uh, what do you love in your life so much that you wish you could gift to every human? Well, I think uh, today, you know, because maybe that'll change over time. But I think today it's um, what do I love the most is probably curiosity, the mm -hmm. openness to engage in the spirit world. And I think that, and I think by the end of our conversation too today, that's what the tarot really brought into my life. And I think can bring into other mm -hmm. people's life is that, you know, when we let go of the attachment or the need to know, to mm -hmm. really know in some sort of concrete way, um, everything about life is magical. 
And so that's what I think I am able, you know, I just got back, as, as I said to you, from the sequoias and being in nature makes me feel my inner child. And, mm. you know, I think I'm a fairy. So <laughs> it also connects me with the fairies and, you know, life is magical. That's mm -hmm. what I think. I f wholeheartedly believe that every cell in my being radiates to that truth. So that's what I would love to give to everyone. Yeah. Life you is magical. really do. You, you do, do gift it to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are the magic level the magic meter you could say has definitely risen in our lives since meeting you mm. and I, it's not a coincidence absolutely mm -hmm. so um i know we are so i got grateful. chills thank you okay <laughs> adrian raises mm. the magic meter mm. um so so yeah thank you for sharing that um so tell us a little bit about your explanation or definition. If someone was to just ask you, like, what the heck is an archetype mm. and why does it matter? Why is it important for us to even know about at all? Mm -hmm. Okay, ready? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so archetypes are, first of all, they're, they're hard to put into words in some way, as they should. They should defy um, they should defy words in, I think, um, simply stated, they are human experiences. So the archetype is, it's a pattern. It's a universal theme. It's something that describes a, a way of being an experience that we all have. And we all understand this intuitively and inherently in us because we're all having similar experiences. And archetypes transcend culture, they transcend race, they transcend time. And so they are these motifs, if you will, <coughs> or these experiences that we all move through, some of which are very personal, but most of which, and these archetypes are universal. So we all relate to them, although we personalize them through our own experience mm. and they rest in the place of the collective unconscious which means that they have been you know passed down we have inherited these experiences from the beginning of time although time in and of itself is right. also an archetype <laughs> <laughs> because right. it's an experience okay mm -hmm. so if somebody were to you know ask like well why does it matter if I if I know about them what how does it add to my life how, oh, that's a good yeah I mean you know about them, whether you know you know about them yeah. or not. Um, that's the first thing. But they, I think that they create a bridge or a way for us to connect meaning to our experiences. And that's what's really important. When people are suffering or, you know, going through any kind of hardship in their life, oftentimes it's because it's bereft of any form of meaning. And so archetypes help give meaning to our experiences. And then in doing so, it helps us connect with others. And that's also something that's really important because existentially we often feel really alone in this world and so the archetypes speak a language a soul language that connect us to you know our fellow beings and so if you understand about archetypes then you can you understand that you know when you're going through let's say like a major divorce or a death of a parent or you're struggling with something understanding the archetypal experience which in that case is sort of a rite of passage we all go through this mm -hmm. then there are certain characteristics that we might all, you know, um, identify with. And so instead of feeling crazy, like, why do I feel, why, here, here's an example, um, you know, oftentimes when people are going through really tra 
tragic time periods, rites of passage, they fantasize about suicide. Hmm. And they're not going to talk to their friends about that because that's crazy. However, that is also an archetypal experience. The thought of our mortality and being Mm. here or not being here. And Mm. so when you start to speak to the archetypes, which are so beautifully illustrated in movies and myths and folklores, we identify with that. It gives us a common ground from which to understand one yeah. another. I was just thinking about that. Like we can, as people like viewing a movie, you can almost guess what's going to happen Very based good. on the characters and archetypes that show up, whether it's a rom-com or a yeah. thriller. There's always a villain. There's always a protagonist. There's always on some, you know, someone on the hero's journey and he meets these things or she meets these things along the way. Um, and that's why, like, you can, if you've seen one romantic comedy, you've seen them all. Right. That's a really good point too, Mimi, and and maybe we'll come back to this if you remind me. But what you just said there is a really important piece to sort of the um, the the myth might not be the best word of why cards, you know, reading cards is you know something that you fortune telling. You know, it's it's not when you understand that there's a process in an archetypal experience, Mm. you can predict that there are certain things that will happen. Human nature is incredibly predictable because we're not deviating that much from these archetypal experiences. Mm. And so when using the tarot cards to so-called predict the future, you're not. You're just paying attention to the narrative that is arising. Yeah, Yeah, I I really think there's this like sacred and highly intelligent formula behind Mm -hmm. these archetypes that by doing something like reading cards Mm -hmm. um, or even studying like deep psychology Mm -hmm. like you've done Mm -hmm. um, or even just look looking past things like movies and books just one layer past to see what the what the like high level character traits really are Mm -hmm is a way to look into the formula. And if you would like to apply that formula into your life, you're going to be able to do so in a way that is beneficial. Something that was explained to me about Mm -hmm. archetypes. And again, like I think an important piece to archetypes would be that it's not fixed into one, like it's not just card reading. It's not just movies. It's in astrology. It's in our life. It shows up everywhere. So there's not like necessarily a backdrop for archetype that like exists in a container. It is the backdrop. It is yeah. the backdrop. It is the fabric right? of is. existence. Beautifully our, put. our archetypes are because they come out of that collective inherited memory from the beginning of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it, what's important is like we're going to be talking about them today through through tarot and card reading, mm-hmm. but they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious, something I'm curious about is like, are they evolving? You know, we have these (laughs) sort of like medieval almost, um, like names to them, but are they evolving for like 2021? Is there an archetype that looks or has they always been set and we're just (laughs) continuing to play them out into eternity? Oh, I love you. That was my question when I first started studying and I asked my teacher who's, you know, now my husband, you know, are they, they are evolving, aren't they? They must be evolving. And, you know, his response to me was, you know, no, they archetypes in and of themselves. They, they are, I mean, think about break down the word. They are the archetype Mm -hmm. of it. And so our experiences Mm -hmm. are what (laughs) are filling out that archetype. You know, we all have the experience of being born. We all have the experience of either being, you know, having a mother or being a mother. But that looks very different according to the culture, according to the time, you know, according to the experience in that relationship. So the variants or, you know, the descriptors of the archetype are what fill out the archetype. But the archetype in and of itself is this spirit 
And, you know, okay, I, I agree. I consent. I still tend to want to believe that they are evolving. <laughs> However, that said, you know, I think that our time, like the 20th century, the 21st century, it can be depicted by an archetype. I mean, you think about like where we are right now and, you know, where we were these last eight years. Um, you know, I see this very much as a tower time mm. and the tower mm. being a tarot card. So we can describe these periods through the archetypes. Yeah. What are some good that everybody would understand examples either mm -hmm. in life or in story that people are familiar with that show a, a general archetype? For instance, um, let's just say like the wizard character in every movie, yeah. Gandalf, Dumbledore, that oftentimes yes. could be uh, in, in, in like Carl Jung's like description of archetypes, yeah. that could be potentially the magician um or if you're looking into like the tarot it might be more of like the hermit very good the wise um, old man or or mm -hmm. potentially um eh, c there could be an element of the magician but like what are some others and, and sometimes they show up in real life like donald trump like yeah <laughs> what's the archetype behind this guy yeah the 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 teacher what is it in, in yeah, the, the hero's teacher. journey mm -hmm. the okay. is it called the teacher yeah. or okay the mentor. so the mentor, mentor yeah that's the word the i was teacher. looking for mm -hmm. yeah especially in like um lord of the rings and harry potter gandalf and dumbledore are very much like pillars for the protagonist to get through their journey and you wonder when they're gone are they going to make it now? Right. But mm -hmm. that's, of, of course, part mm -hmm. of the hero's journey exactly. is that you have to separate either just by choice or by death, separate from the mentor to go find your, to bring it back all the way around so that you can complete sure. that that hero's journey. And the hero is an archetype. Yeah. Um, and, and so what are some other ones that are like really <laughs> standard so everybody so everybody listening can be like, oh yeah, okay, that well, makes I sense. I mean, those, but the ones you just described in the tarot, what's really beautiful about that is that you can, I call it the fool's journey. I don't call it that. It was called the fool's journey. You can take that and you can apply it through, you know, the experience of the hero's journey. And, you know, there, and, I mean, this is what Joseph Campbell did so well. There, there was sort of this um, prescription, you know, it's already there. Like this is what the story follows, which is why all the great stories follow this sort of narrative. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've touched on some of those. I think, you know, some of the others that we absolutely experience, so there are personal archetypes like mother, mm -hmm. <clears throat> like father, like teacher, excuse me, <clears throat> like villain. Those are archetypes that we experience in our everyday life. But then there are also archetypal experiences like falling in love. That's mm -hmm. an archetypal experience. You know, death is an archetypal experience. So this is something that we are confusion, seeking for meaning. Um, these are all experiences that are archetypal. And I think that, you know, when we understand, and that's what the tarot does so well, is it helps put things, it frames things right. in a way that, like you just described, the hero's journey, you know, follows a certain sort of um, process. And so when we understand where we are in mm -hmm. that process, then perhaps what, I mean, and we're all living a story. Right. Mm -hmm. This is our meta myth in so many ways. And so if we are coming into that place where I feel really confused, I need direction, then this is the perfect time for a mentor, an ally to come into our life. Yeah. I think thinking of what you just said, like this is our, you called it a meta myth. Uh -huh. Each of us is our, we are the, the main character. We are the yes. protagonist of our own story and everyone else mm -hmm. in our vicinity, in our life, friends, family, coworkers, even strangers are supporting roles to our myth. 
And uh, I love the... This the from a Leo, P.S. What did you say? <laughs> I said this oh. from a Leo. Fire signs are the central character. In we all are. But thank you. That was beautifully stated. If you guys haven't... <laughs> You're the sun. <laughs> if you haven't listened to um, our first episode with Adrian, Psychodynamic Astrology, I believe it's 64, I want to say. Somewhere around there. Definitely go back and listen after this one. If you haven't yet, it's a, definitely one of our most downloaded episodes. And you will see <laughs> why. But that's what she... <laughs> that's why she was dipping into the astrology. She's a professional astrologer. So yeah, I, I, I realize that <laughs> that is a very Leo way to look at the world. But, but, but. but it's a sun, right? And think about that, you know, the, and how these stories were formed is, was our experience with the outer world. It's natural for, <laughs> our, for us to project our inner stuff onto the outer world so that we can understand it. And think about that before when, bef- you know, in ancient times, which is, you know, where the tarot cards are derived from, these stories came out of our, our limited experience scientifically of the world. The world was flat. Mm-hmm. You know, we revolved, everything revolved around the earth. You know, it wasn't until per- Copernicus that we understood that we had this more heliocentric view, the sun, everything goes around that. Um, so it, th- these stories have morphed and they have evolved over time, but they themselves are constant. Yeah. Just like life itself is in this constant state of, of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, to put it very, very, very simply, you can have 100 or more than that different dinners that are that are like a chicken centered dinner, right? But the flavor and the combination is going to show up differently. So like the archetype, I'm thinking, you know, (laughs) uh, of I don't know what it would fit into, but in 2021, we all know the influencer in the wild archetype. Right. Right. I don't know what that would fit into, um, but the 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 person who is like living for the gram and like look at me selfie mode all the time. I don't know where that fits, but that's an expression of one of the archetypes. I know it is in and the cell phone. The the selfie is just the way that it gets expressed. It's the flavor of that chicken dinner, whatever it is. And and (laughs) a way that I like to look at it and it's been described to me is like, there's a balanced version of an archetype and then there's a polarized unbalanced uh, version. So there's a, there's, let's just take the archetype of like the king, um, an unbalanced version of the king would be a tyrant mm-hmm. on the opposite side of the tyrant would be an extremely passive leader. Who's, who's potentially their, their counsel or someone, everybody's yeah. seen the movie where the king who's, who's, very passive unable to like actually stand up and take control is either overrun by his you know evil magician sidekick or whatever but like there's a balanced version of archetypes then there's an unbalanced uh sitting on two opposite sides of a pole mm-hmm. a version of that archetype that could play out so maybe the s- completely external needs external validation instagram individual is an unbalanced version of an archetype. Yeah. One of the questions that I get basically every single day is, Hey Mimi, is this a good mushroom product? It's usually accompanied by a picture of company X mushroom product. And this person wants my help in deciding if they should keep using it or buy it for the first time. There are new mushroom companies popping up all the time as medicinal mushrooms become more and more popular. 
And nine times out of 10, I have to be the bearer of bad news and let the person who's asking me know that the pure mushroom product they thought they were getting actually has a lot of grains, oats, or rice in it, which act as fillers and bulk up the product. I know, not awesome. But then I get to be the bearer of good news and let this person know that there are companies that are creating incredible mushroom extracts. My favorite is Real Mushrooms. Real Mushroom products are exactly that, real mushrooms. They are organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and third-party tested multiple times for their scientifically verified active compounds. No grain, no starch, no fillers, just real mushrooms. My favorite right now are the lion's mane and chaga extract powders, but they also have capsules for you if you're on the go. To get some real mushrooms in your beautiful body, go to realmushrooms.com slash Mimi to receive your hefty discount, or just check the show notes below for the link. Bringing you only the best. Cheers, boo. Yeah, I think I, I think I think so. I mean, certainly I'm, I'm speaking to Instagram and Instagram is my main tool of like educating and my business. And I like to I like to think that I, maybe I am a more balanced version of sure. uh, I oh, do yeah. my best to be where it's it, it's very much a tool that I use in my tool belt for getting information and getting education out there. But there's some days when I want to throw my phone off of our third story balcony because it's like. I don't want it to become a thing that I have to have. And I'm very aware of like making sure that that's in balance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's so, so many areas in life, like endless amounts of areas in, in our life where that balance is necessary. Um, and if you are out of balance, you're going to see something off yeah. in your life. And even that in and of itself, when something is out of balance, it, it it's a good it's a good point for us. It's something mm -hmm. that, that helps us understand. We go deeper, mm -hmm. you know, which is why, in, you know, the archetypes of, uh, with the tarot cards, I mean, the very important cards like the tower, like the devil, you know, like these cards that look so terrible are such an important point for recalibrating, yeah. for going deeper and understanding the hubris of what it means to be, you know, a human. And, and think about archetypes as a spectrum of energy because they also transcend the duality, you know, or good or bad or right or wrong. Like once we get into that place where things, you know, exist in polarity, now we have taken the archetype and we have sort of forced it into experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, when we get into the cards, there's the majors and the minors. Mm -hmm. And the major cards are what describe just the pure archetype, the spiritual experience where the minors describe, you know, the circumstances that provoke that. And so like mm -hmm. what you speak to with the king is also the archetype of the father. You know, it is that divine masculine that you're right. You know, the, the shadow side of that was what, which was what we'll call it is tyranny. But you know, the, the balance point of that is also about protection mm -hmm. and order. And, and this is what you'll see in all of the great myths. And really we can just reduce it down to this. It's order and chaos, yeah. mm -hmm. order and chaos. And everything describes our experience of mm. navigating order and chaos. And both are very important because chaos is where everything comes from, right? The big bang. Right. And chaos is the feminine. 
This is where everything emerges from. And uh, going back to what you asked me, what do I want to give to others? Like if we could really just steep ourselves in the magic of life, think about like, I mean, we're, we're sitting here in this building. It's so safe and we know what we're doing at 12 o'clock today. And our life is mm. so ordered and so organized. And in some ways it protects us from the chaos. Oh, absolutely. But yet we are so seduced by the chaos. Yeah. We crave the chaos just in little like bite-sized forms. Yeah. Like spontaneity and like, hey, let's, uh, let's end work early and let's just go have a date on the beach or whatever. It's like it can be little snippets of spontaneity or whatever mm -hmm. uh, that you're bringing into your relationship or your life where if you everything was the same all day, every day, that's a very like boring existence, boring life. But when you can kind of see it in that order and chaos and not label the chaos as bad or good or anything, mm -hmm. it just is. Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah. You and, and you can't have one without the other. No. Everything yeah. is relative. Yes. And, and that's Relational. one thing that, that I think I'm, uh, that has absolutely clicked on in my brain for so many things, but not labeling things as, or experiences or people or whatever as good or bad. Mm -hmm. There are neutral circumstances, neutral archetypes, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the archetype, Whatever you pull is not good or bad, even though devil seems sort of bad, I guess, or evil or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's more of like how you fit it into your life mm -hmm. that could be viewed as currently negative or positive, but the actual experience or the character is neutral mm -hmm. in and of itself. And I mean, just on that archetype, like that, I mean, evil is an archetype. Yeah. So the devil is the embodiment of evil, which is not to say that it is evil, but mm -hmm. it is the, we, ha we having an archetypal experience of evil, which is why there is a villain, which is why there's a bad guy. We have to experience the wholeness, the totality of ourself, which is light and dark. And, you know, life is tragic. Life mm -hmm. is dangerous. I mean, you think about, you know, 500 years ago, the, how your life, we were constantly in a state of survival. You didn't know if you were going to live the next day. Right. And so again, life is terrifying as much as it is beautiful mm -hmm. and so you know people are inherently good and kind and compassionate and terrible and evil <laughs> and right. malicious yeah and this is an unfortunate reality that yeah. we have to embrace in ourselves in particular and that's what the tarot cards and the archetypes help us do is it helps us not parcel out the pieces that we want to identify with and and that's okay if people want to do that and live half a life they're they're their prerogative but those of us that create crave that real spiritual existence that crave mm -hmm. like life we have to embrace all of it and that's what the devil is yeah mm, beautiful let's uh i think we've done a good job of like giving the backdrop mm -hmm. archetypes <laughs> yeah uh, let's talk about this framework this yes. tarot framework yeah. what what is the you've touched on it a tiny little bit but what is the um origin or history of tarot as you know it okay <laughs> So it's, it's very elusive. I remember when I first started studying, I, um, I was a very good student. I read all the books and I was, you know, I, I'm concrete. I wanted to know, well, where did they come from? You know, we know the Bible existed in this time and you know, that the, the mm -hmm. scriptures here and there were so many stories that, you know, basically said the same thing. We don't know, but we think that, you know, these are a part of antiquity, you know, that maybe originated in the mid 14th century and 
and their you know art to think about like we didn't have printing presses the uh, original cards were not printed on paper they were they were on leaves mm. and they were on papyrus and so there were these images that were seen in Egypt they were seen during the Renaissance they were seen in all these different places that they arose a variation of this which again sticking with like okay, this is you know archetypally these things are just coming up mm. at the same time the story that I like the best is the one that um, states that they originate in Egypt during the mysteries during you know this religious sect of mysteries which you know many of the people that we look back upon um, like Moses mm -hmm. um, were schooled in these mysteries and from that the way that people would learn they didn't have books so they would learn in images and the stories that they would move through in these images would be like initiations they would inspire contemplation and people would learn about these you know great mysteries in their own life these archetypal experiences another story that originates around that time as well is that the slaves that were brought over to build the pyramids and do all of these other things were not taught. They didn't have the same um, education. And so they were learning these cards. And then, of course, these gypsies, which originated from the Egyptians, then brought that over into different areas um, of Persia. Mm. And then they were passed into um, Israel. And this is where the correlation with the tarot and the Kabbalah arise. Mm. So, you know, we don't know. And, and that's part of what I that's love so about yeah. the cards is that why do you need to know? Like, just yeah. enjoy the mystery. Yeah. And whatever, you know, it speaks to you. I mean, there are even some that say, like, the aliens brought them. Okay, I love it. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that they're yeah. left over from Atlantis. Yeah. So it's, it's all okay. I don't, I don't really care where they came from. Yeah. I want to know how can I use them now. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, that's uh, – oh, go ahead, man. I was like, why, why isn't – you know, why does it have to come from one spot too? It's like there's a beautiful – possibility that more than one person is out there identifying these mm -hmm. these themes and patterns in the world and, mm -hmm. and pulling narrative to them and putting symbol to them like I, it always blows my mind doesn't blow my mind um, but that all over the globe there are people who are like evolving to actually ride on horses like all different skin tones throughout human evolution they're they're realizing that human beings can use an animal like a horse to get somewhere quicker mm -hmm. why aren't people similarly doing doing things of uh practices like mathematics or you know archetype and pulling symbol and meaning to them similarly because we're all sort of experiencing a, a really similar life well people did with that all sorts of cultures did that with astrology yeah and other divinations i mean that's what's so you know there's you have the I Ching, you have the runes you know you have all of these other the cards are called cardamom cartomancy mm. which is the art of reading cards but there are all these other divinations that have originated yeah. over time in different cultures so we it, the, Celtic the more, lore exactly and, yeah. the more important question is why yeah you know why are why do we feel compelled to want to seek <coughs> divination and yeah. this is where unfortunately you know there there was a negative connotation attached by the church that yeah. divination was something that was bad or wrong yeah. but when you take the root word of divination it's divine mm -hmm. and right. we're trying to connect with our divine nature this is our birthright and you know the church has a very prescribed way of meeting god you have to meet god in this way but 
equally so, I mean, and, and this is what the, the majors are also, the, it's a stage of initiation. Mm. You know, many of these mystery cults, you need to, to be initiated. You know, in, in Wicca, you need to be initiated before you have access to these divine mysteries. Because given or put in the wrong hands, mm-hmm. what happens? Yeah. You know, we have Nazi Germany. That's mm-hmm. what happens. Wow. Did you know that Adolf Hitler was a mystic? Mm-mm. No. Yes. Wow. wow. So That's here we have we have the shadow magician. <coughs> mm. Hmm. Wow. Boom. Mic drop. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that, Sorry, I was just like in deep thing. And, and so and so like speaking of, you know, religion, where this can go, where this can twist, um what is it specifically about like tarot and, and card reading mm-hmm. that triggers such hostility and yeah. an absolute taboo when it comes to something like the Christian church. Wow. That's definitely another podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in an, in a nutshell, you know, if as long as we, so think about this, we are, we are in a, a spell, right? And in that spell, like what we are most concerned about is consumption, you know, is what, what are we consuming? How are we living? Like it keeps us very small. And, you know, having somebody that controls access to the divine, to something magical that really teaches us and tells us that we are a part of that. We are co-creators. We don't have this, you know, this tyrannical leader or pope or somebody that says, I am the only way that you can know your sinful nature through, mm-hmm. you know, doing X, Y, Z so and that you can meet God. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it keeps us, it keeps us small. It keeps mm-hmm. us in a state of fear. And then this is the bigger part. We never grow up. Right. We are forever children. The child, right? Type. Like, and tell me what to do, where to be, exactly. what, to, yeah. what to eat, what to do. How do I take care of my body? And what some, medications? Some people need that because it's terrifying to leave the comfort of your parents and make decisions in the world. Yeah. You know, and so the stages of the tarot cards describe that journey into wholeness. Mm. Yeah. And I think, too, one thing I thought of that you're saying so beautifully is it's threatening to teach people that all the answers are already inside yeah, of you. Yeah. You just have to open up and be be willing to see and hear the answers, whether yeah. you like them or not, everything is within you. I mean, Jesus, if you study the character, the man, the teacher, he actually taught that. If you go back mm-hmm. to the Aramaic origin, he was teaching every single human. One, he was using archetypes. He was using myth. He was using parables. Storytelling mm-hmm. to portray because these these people were not very literate. They they needed to understand in these bigger themes that everyone can understand. Yeah. And what he was ultimately trying to teach people was that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, one and the same, is already within you. Mm-hmm. You don't need. That's why he would go into the systems, mm-hmm. into the buildings, into the church, and flip over tables. Like you don't need any of this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't say that. He did. But like, oh, he was angry. No, totally. But he. <laughs> I don't think he used that word. <laughs> he was angry. It was this righteous anger? Like, no, you don't need any of this stuff. You yeah. don't even need this building. Everything you need is within you. Yeah. I think one of the biggest sells yeah. for um, established church religion mm-hmm. and, and and safe places is that you can outsource your uh ticket to heaven you can outsource the ability to think and make meaning of yeah. your life yeah and so in a, in addition to 
the contradictory idea that there's an element of kind of you know divinity within yourself that's a little bit contradictory to the church which would say it's in heaven and above mm-hmm. um there is also this this challenge of damn i have to take the ownership yeah now. good and that's the main point is that you know when we are wholly responsible for our lives yes Mm-hmm. We are creating our reality based upon the decisions that we're making. And when we outsource our um, accountability mm-hmm. to, you know, an authority outside ourselves, then we're in a spell, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and then we don't have to do, we don't have to make choices. We yeah. just have to follow rules. Saying you saying, well, I didn't know mm-hmm. gives you an out. Mm-hmm. Also, you, I'm sinful. I'm just a sinful human. I'm broken. What am I going to do about I'm it? Broken. Versus damn it. I'm a, I'm a divine, intelligently created soul mm. who has the potential to choose the mm-hmm. best version of myself every day. And that I can create whatever I want in yeah. my life. And if my life isn't an expression of what I want to create, it's not due to anyone else in my life but me. That is extreme ownership. And that's definitely a theme that we try to speak on in every single episode of The Medicine whether it be talking about keto or SIBO or psychodynamic astrology is like taking ownership for the creation of the life that you want to live. And if that includes being told what to do by the government, by doctors, by your parents, by your spouse, then that's the life expression that you get to live. But just know that by not choosing is still a choice. Yeah. And that's the, that's part of the hero's journey. And when you move through, you know, the first, the first few cards of the tarot, that's the journey that you're moving through. The and, threshold. And all of that is part of the process. And so oftentimes people get stuck, stunted in one of those stages, one of those archetypal stages until they are able to separate from that. And it's through crisis. It's through catastrophe that wakes us up, mm-hmm. which is why it's such a necessary part of, you know, our own process and evolution is that we need to be stunned into change. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> t- t- so, so jumping back into the cards mm-hmm. a little bit, let's talk about kind of the structure. Sure. There's, uh, and I'll, I'll probably bro this out a little bit, but there's, you know, the major cards that we've talked about sort of tell this, this, um, call to action or this call to something greater, the beyond to a mystery that leads you through almost like a hero's journey of sorts. That's kind of the majors. Um, then there's these minor cards that have suits as well. And then there's this idea that there's like, there's a ton of different versions of tarot. So maybe take us through a little bit of the structure on mm-hmm. how the how the decks work. Um, what is spe- you know special about one deck compared to another, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So the the structure of the tarot are like you said there are two there the major arcana and the minor and arcana is a word that that basically means the secret and so the the majors they even think like there is um, it's it's alleged that the majors were the first set of cards and that the minors were something that were separate from that and that's where our regular playing cards come from but the majors are these they're twenty two cards and it is the archetypal experience experience the stages of personal development internally that we are moving through and these aren't finite you don't go from you know point a to point b you sort of 
circumambulate, to take Jung's word. You move around these. You go deeper into mm. these different stages in our life. So I like to say that these describe the internal experiences of change, where the minors then are a set of 56 cards, and they are broken up into four different suits. Those four different suits are pentacles, wands, also referred to as staffs, cups, and swords. And so each of those corresponds to a particular element. And those elements are said to be the constituents of what reality is composed of. So air, fire, Mm. earth, and water. And that those elements then correspond to the functions of reality, thought, action, or spirit, um, manifestation, and emotion. And each of those suits then is composed of 14 different cards, beginning with an ace, like the playing deck, Mm -hmm. moving through 10. And each of those numbers corresponds to a particular phase. One clearly being the beginning. One is a number. Excuse me, numbers are archetypes as well. So in the beginning, and then in that beginning, there's a process that goes on or moves through the different numbers. And then it moves into, there are court cards. And those court cards are the page and the wand and the queen and the king. And those are different, um, we could say, manifestations or experiences of being. So the page is the child. And when something in us is emerging, it's the very beginning. The night is action. As we are learning something, we want to take it out into the world. We want to engage in it in some way. The queen represents the feminine, and this is the participation with life. The queen or the feminine creates from within. And then the king, of course, is mastering that in the world. Mm. It's the penetration of this. And so each of these suits describes our experience through, let's say, um, this facet of manifestation. Again, you know, that being our thoughts and our actions and our emotions. So the minors are more used to describe experiences with the world. And just as a side note, the minors are what were more used for divination, if you will, or prediction. You know, the majors are not used in that way. They describe or they offer invitations for contemplation, Mm. um, you know, just meditation. These were where we're really learning about ourself. Hey friend, you may have caught on already that Chase and I both love finding the true medicines of the earth in the form of superfood powders, extracts, tinctures, and other health products. We love sharing about the trusted high quality brands and products that have truly made an impact in our health and overall well-being. It can seem overwhelming, I'm sure, so we're making it really simple for you by compiling them all into one place. We call it the medicine cabinet. If you go to getmimifit.com and in the main menu at the bottom, you'll see the medicine cabinet or just check the show notes below or my Instagram link tree. You'll see a full lineup sorted by brand of all of our favorite health products researched and vetted in one convenient place. You'll also see that we include details on why we love each product and how we use it in our daily lives. And for most brands, we have a discount code just for you. Click on the photo of any product and it will take you right to their website. We try a lot of different products, but only the best make it into our medicine cabinet. I hope you love it. Cheers, boo. Gotcha. 
That's a great explanation. Yeah, perfect. I, I didn't I, I didn't know that about the the uh, the suits mm-hmm. and the whole explanation of that. So that's that's uh, that's beautiful. Is there any other um, myths or misconceptions that we can get out of the way about either the major or the minor or just archetypes in sure, general? Sure, or just the misconceptions. And actually, sorry, to answer the rest of the question too. So the the decks, you know, themselves vary according to the artist. Okay. And the, um, the cards of antiquity, for example, the minors, they didn't have any images on them. They were literally just like three swords. And, you know, it was through the deck that we know, probably the most common deck, the Rider Waite deck in 19... 1910 that he that Arthur Waite actually added these images to the minor which are beautiful images and we should also say that these images provoke they or they evoke our imagination and we project into them stories so if you give little kids these cards and say tell me a story you're engaging their imagination so each artist um, with their decks they add perhaps their own take on this motif Um, And so some of the misconceptions are that, you know, tarot cards were used to, you know, commune or connect with the devil. Mm. And, and I, and I want to say it's a misconception in that the devil, um, you know, as described by Christianity, because that's. Would be anything not Jesus or Father God. And and the devil didn't exist before Christianity, you know, (laughs) like that is, that is a a Christian concept, but it's not a misconception in that we absolutely want to connect with our inner shadow. Mm -hmm. Like it does give us access to that. Another misconception ish is that we can use these cards to predict the future. And I think that it's, it's not as simple as saying that we can turn these cards and predict the future. It's what we were talking about a moment ago. You know, the, the future, first of all, is, is just, it's a possibility Mm -hmm. and it's a possibility that is reflected in the person's actions and behaviors, which are not that difficult to read. And so sure, somebody that is, and, and reading tarot cards is an art. I mean, you can learn all of, you know, the instruction of the cards, but really putting it together is the art of storytelling. And so another misconception is that, you know, you can read a book and you can learn how to use the cards and you're going to be predicting the future. No. Can I tell a short story? Sure. In one of the class I taught one time, um, I was teaching people to read the tarot cards and this woman brought her boyfriend and he just came along for, you know, support. He wasn't really into it. He was kind of sarcastic. And so the deck that she was using actually was one of those decks that didn't have pictorial images on the minors. And so, you know, I was teaching them, you know, how to use the cards and to use their imagination and engage intuition. And, you know, he was playing along and he turned over a couple cards and started reading them. And I was like dumbfounded. He, d- he didn't even realize it, but he was reading these cards in such an eloquent way that, again, you can't help but project mm. internal material. Mm. And I, I didn't tell everybody else in the class, but he was actually the best, wow. you know? And, and I think it was because there wasn't a desire, like, I need to know this. There's yeah. a right way to do this. It was just spontaneously coming off the top of his head, and he was engaging in the mystery. Yeah. And so, again, the other misconception is that you have to know the meanings to use the cards. Hmm. Right. I do remember recently we were at, uh, you know, one of your events, your soulful slumber parties, and there was a moment where we had a partner and, um, you know, we were, we had a deck and we were pulling, you know, for ourselves and each other. And you had challenged us to just like, just try yourself. And I was like, 
I remember being disappointed because I wanted you mm-hmm. to do it because you're such a master at it. And I wanted to hear from you versus like pushing myself to do it. Cause I was like, but I don't know anything about, and you were like, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was fun. It was really fun. It, mm-hmm. it, it I loved the experience, yeah. but that again is like the child archetype where it's like, mom, tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell me the story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, you, you yeah. know the story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought I that mean, was beautiful. You know, thank you for calling me a master. I don't, you know, I, I don't see myself as such because it's like when I have students that know nothing about the cards, I learn from them. Mm. You know, they're like picking out. So the cards also are, you know, have all these symbols. They're so rich with symbols. And, you know, I've had somebody pick out a snail in a card that I have been looking at for over 20 years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that means, you know, and then we just start adding into it. So these are such wonderful sources of people say, how do I, how do I, you know, practice my intuition? Get a deck of tarot cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. This is something I've been I've been meditating on for a little while now, but it's been recent. And and tarot card reading is is one of a few things that that does this for me. And art is another because it's very brand new for me. You know, these 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 mandala paintings that we've done, um, even journaling, which is very, very uh, much an effort for me to do. What it's been what it's been offering is a way for me to bypass my ego mind Mm -hmm. my monkey rational mind that is loaded with biases judgments it's loaded with judgments and so by intuitively interpreting Mm -hmm. the tarot i'm allowing a channel for my soul Mm -hmm. or my higher self to communicate back to my rational mind without the filters of the ego um, from that communication that could potentially alter the message, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm getting a, I'm getting a pure insight into my higher self or to my soul through art or through tarot card reading that my ego mind would not have articulated just sitting here talking to you. Yeah. And it's, it's so important too, because it's, it bypasses the rational function of the mind and that's what art and that's what image, you know, it's all right hemisphere. Mm -hmm. And so if we can let go of, and you said something earlier, Mimi too, that I think if it's like, well, what did you learn the most from, from the tarot? What is that life is paradoxical and that there is no this or that. And when we allow ourselves and we suspend the need to know and to have concrete answers, then we can exist in the pure potentiality of what is. And that's yeah. what the fool teaches us in the very beginning is that we are so composed of so much potential, but we don't tap into that potential because we have overused our rational mind. Mm-hmm. And and your your ego, which you'll learn about in the, the card, the chariot card, we need an ego because it, it sure. drives us. Yes. But we need to learn to master it, right? right. And so you're, you're giving your ego mind something to focus on so that you allow the engagement of you know we would say your soul or your intuition to come forward and give you messages that might not make sense in the moment like dreams Mm -hmm. but if you let them just saturate and marinate then you start to fill in the meaning and that's the purpose Mm. yeah I think I think we mentioned recently on on another podcast but something you said um, reminded me of this, the absence of creativity is not benign. Mm-hmm. And that's really like creativity is connection with our soul, yes. like our imagination. Yes. Even Einstein himself said, yes. imagination is more important than thinking. And intellect. Right. Yes. And we would consider Einstein, he's the archetype mm-hmm. of the wizard, the, mm-hmm. the, the, um, 
pinnacle of knowledge that we, you know, well, Einstein said it's like immediate, like, um, authority. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, even if he, if he knew, I mean, that, that tells me that he was engaging with his imagination on a regular basis. And, um, you know, I think that that's, he must've had incredible connection with his soul. And that's where the, the source of all knowledge comes out of intuition, imagination. And we are taught at such a young age to disregard imagination, Mm -hmm. put away those fairy tales. Oh, that's just a myth. And yet the, the most profound wisdom is in folklore, in myth. Archetypes tell us how to live in the world Mm -hmm. and that's what we want the tarot is a picture book of wisdom Mm -hmm. it tells us how to live we don't need to seek outside ourselves for that kind of instruction or wisdom we have to be willing to close our eyes and go within Mm -hmm. which requires trust and we have been taught for many many years that we are sinful beings and that we cannot trust our own intuition and that we must relegate that trust to an authority figure to something outside of ourselves which again to some extent we do need teachers and mentors but if we don't have the foundational trust in our own wisdom and our own intuition then we will always be puppets yeah and there's certainly teachers and people in authority who misuse as we've already talked about will misuse that power so if you don't have a connection to your inner knowing inner being inner goodness intuition whatever you want to call it your soul on a deep level then having someone guide you in the wrong way, if you're not running it through your system, yes. then you might be expressing your life in a way that you is not actually in alignment with your soul. So I think that, yes, we do need a mentor, a teacher, yeah. a authority figures for sure, parents, yes. like, but running it through your soul, we can't forget about that. I, I think, yeah. I think going back to your point from earlier in the, in the episode is we've outsourced the leadership or the authority um, we've outsourced the king archetype, the mentor ar- archetype to uh, an organizational body. Call it the government. Call it your corporate religions. Mm-hmm. And now we're having grown-ass adults who are quote-unquote leaders mm-hmm. um, just in a different version of their child archetype. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's the tyrant prince who's, who's in rule as the human when they should have a long time ago evolved into the king. But what you have to understand in this too is that, you know, archetypes engage. And so, you know, we contribute to the tyranny of that leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't exist in and of itself. It's part of a system and we need the government. We need order. Mm -hmm. We need a social order to help us because, you know, we're all just baboons running around thinking that we know. And so it's that that entire system has become corrupt as a result of the system, not the leader. And and that's the part of accepting, you know, complete responsibility is that we can't point our finger at the other, you know, and say, because here's the the shadow, it's their fault that it's this way. We have to accept responsibility. And that's what I think the archetypes do as well they show us that we are all a part of this mm-hmm. yeah and that and it, you know what would be the change yeah and all of these great leaders and teachers have all said i will show you the way but you then have to go here is the tool now you go you know jesus socrates look within mm-hmm. that there's i can't tell you because there's no responsibility yeah. if I yeah. tell you. And that's very much the way that I lead and I mentor others as well. I mean, even when I'm using the tarot cards, I engage the other person. Yep. Their perception of the cards is far more important than mine in that moment because it's a reflection of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, Speaking back to the hero's journey, it's it's the mentor lead. You know, uh-huh. they leave. 
And yeah, quite exactly. literally, it's like, this the is your journey. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Beautifully, beautifully put. H- how, uh, how do we read these things? How do you play this game? Yeah. So if somebody <laughs> has, <laughs> if somebody has maybe a deck or they, they, yes. they do uh, get their own deck of tarot, how could someone engage with them, you know, yes. beginning, um, Maybe we can show a demonstration yeah. of of how that could look sure. on a on a just regular starting out basis. So I would say that you know first of all, um, find a deck that speaks to you. You know if if you know there are there are thousands of decks. I'm 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 embarrassed to say I have many of them, <laughs> um, but I love art. So you buy a deck that speaks to you. You know that the image is on there. It feels like oh I can engage in this. Um, and then you know you take that deck and you you start to play with it. And I love that you said that because it is a game, you know, cardamancy was a game and life is a game. Mm -hmm. And so when we approach it with that beginner's mind, then there's not a right or wrong way. And one of the things that I wish that is now too long is I wish I would have approached the cards intuitively rather than rationally, Mm. but I'm a Virgo and I didn't know any better. (laughs) So get out the cards and start engaging in dialogue with them. What are they saying? You know, how does this make me feel similar to, you know, dreams in the morning, just sit with it. But the cards, the way that we use them is, you know, we, I mean, I use them for lots of different reasons, but when I'm working with other people, um, I will typically, you know, shuffle the cards. And again, you're going to read that there's this correct way of doing this and you're not allowed to buy your own cards. They have to be gifted to you. And I heard that. Yeah. Put them oh, under whoops. the pillow and right. But it's, it's okay. Whatever superstition or whatever ritual you believe is one of the ways that you engage in this process. So come up with your own ritual. Um, and, and then I think that, you know, finding a book or something that speaks to you um, so that you can start to learn like the knowledge in that. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, we have the writer weight, which Mm -hmm. is one of the um, traditional, yeah, traditional Mm -hmm. decks. Very medieval. Yeah. um, Lots of kind of like Dungeons and Dragons vibes (laughs) going on. And, yeah. and, but also, I mean, what I love about, and, and I love the writer wake. And if you're, if, if you get overwhelmed with decisions, which many people do, just go get a writer weight deck. It's, it's basic, but what it, what it has in there is it, it speaks to the archetypes of the Greek myths, which the West is founded upon mm-hmm. that. Yep. And so there's also a lot of, um, religious, um, um, icons as well, which again, we can't get away from that. And so it will help. There's, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a negative way of learning things as much as it is trying to engage upon a, a cultural archetype that we were born into. And so the writer weight, yeah, you said dungeons. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of funny. I think it's more, um, I, I suppose medieval or renaissance. Yeah, it renaissance. seems very like, fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. It, it's got, but it's myth. got, it's got like a priest, uh, looking character for the, for the hierophant. Yeah. Um, you know, traditional like king and queen type characters yeah. in the artwork. I think of like Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, like that kind yeah. of explanation of kind of character. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. So we okay. have mm-hmm. the major we arcana. Major arcana. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's 22 of them, mm-hmm. and Adrian is shuffling them for mm-hmm. us. And can you just explain what you're, how sure. we're going to do this? So what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to take the 22 cards, uh, which are not very many cards. So shuffling them could be a little bit fun. Um, I've been shuffling cards since I was six years old. <laughs> so I am an expert at that. I was either going to be a dealer or <laughs> a card reader. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take these cards and I'm going to shuffle them. And part of doing that is really about where you set the intention. So I, so we already start the trance. If I allow myself
myself just to move into this place and I'm moving my hands and I'm shuffling the cards and I'm moving myself into that altered state, the trance. There's no real rhyme or reason in what I'm doing here. Perhaps I have a ritual of I'm going to do this three times. But in any case, I'm going to do that until I feel like called. I then like to tap the deck. It's one of the ways that I sort of knock. These are keys or doors. Mm -hmm. So I knock and I'm asking for, you know, my guides, your guides, spirits, um, fairies to come in and to give us whatever wisdom it is that we need. And so what we're going to do with the majors is we're going to pull, you each are going to pull, it's called pull a card or pick a card. And we're going to set up um, what would be a query ahead of time or a question. In this case, we're going to keep it simple. And we're going to say, you know, what stage am I in right now? What is, what's my myth? What's my story at this moment? Mm. And that doesn't mean that it, that it, cuts out everything else but just in this moment in time because the cards work in synchronicity whatever you're pulling in this moment is what's what is necessary for you to know what your (coughs) your subconscious wants Mm -hmm. you to know and then we'll read them together beautiful great okay love it all right so we'll start with you my love okay Mm -hmm. so I can either fan them out which with not that many cards here Mm -hmm. is lovely to do and you will just close your eyes and so what I often ask somebody to do is to pick with their non-dominant hand so if you're right-handed you'll pick with your left okay and you will choose whatever cards just speaks to you okay and then go ahead and turn that card over (laughs) haha oh wonderful So here's a not so fun fact. Over 75% of Americans are deficient in the oh so important mineral, magnesium. If you're thinking, well, so what? Magnesium is critical to our body's long-term health because it's involved in over 300 different processes in our body. Magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, and the inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D. With most of the world now aware of just how precious our health is, we cannot keep overlooking this rampant deficiency. But the type of magnesium you are putting into your body is really important, which is why Chase and I both choose the Mellow Magnesium Blend from Ned. Mellow is a powerful daily magnesium supplement that can help propel memory, mood, brain function, stress response, sleep, energy, and nerve and muscle health. Mellow is unique because it contains three forms of magnesium that are all complemented by amino acids, L-theanine and GABA, along with 70 different trace minerals. This is necessary so they don't break down in our digestive tracts and can be delivered directly to the areas where our body needs them most. Mellow truly nourishes every inch of our body. My personal favorite is the naked flavor, which tastes like a healthy cream soda. I stir the powder into eight to 10 ounces of water about an hour before bed to ensure my body gets quality sleep. To try your own Mellow Magnesium, go to helloned.com and use the code MEDICINE, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N, to get a killer discount on all the Ned products. And to see how we use the other incredible hemp products from Ned, you can check the show notes below to be taken directly to our personal medicine cabinet on my website. When we know better, we can do better for our bodies. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. So this is apropos for 
for Mimi. She got the Fool card. And I know the Fool card like the back of my hand, but <laughs> I would love for you to look at the image. And this is something I think is really important. What speaks to you? And when you're looking at the cards, it's the first impression. What jumps out at you? Mm. Is it the color? Is it the word? Is it the image? Yeah, babe, maybe describe what the yeah. card looks like. So what I'm looking at is the Fool, and there's a tiny zero on the top of the card indicating this is the first card in no first no first no oh okay right because if you think about the process of stages zero's one everywhere. through zeros everything okay this is the well i love it card. i love it i love it <laughs> so uh on this card there seems to be a young man and he is um he has a staff with like a bag on uh, like a traveler's bag over his shoulder he's carrying a rose he looks like he's he's almost walking but like in a dance he's very like definitely in touch with his feminine um, and this could even be a young woman. It's, it's kind good. of hard to tell, which I think is probably uh, intentional. Yes. Um, there is crashing waves behind him. There is a small uh, little dog at his feet kind of jumping up and engaging with him. He's got a he, she, I'll say she. She's got uh, her head tilted back a little bit. It looks like she's almost like basking in the sun, just enjoying the walk where she's at and engaging with a rose, uh, holding a rose very delicately and uh, very mindfully. And it's, it's sort of interesting because when you look at this card as the viewer, you realize he's, she's got her head back, her eyes look closed, and she's very close to the edge She's very close to the edge, almost like about to, you wonder like, is she going to walk off the edge into the crashing waves here? And is this dog jumping up to warn? I don't know, but it's, there's so much going on in here and it's, it's, it's a very like, I mean, I see a million things right what is, away. What does it make you feel? That's you. <laughs> and speak to it. I feel what? I feel definitely in touch with my feminine. This is a stage in my life where <laughs> I am connecting with my the my own feminine in a way that lights me up. And uh, I, it almost has felt like a per big permission slip, uh, whether that be in business or in my appearance, in my relationship, knowing about, you know, the different stages of polarity and everything. I feel wistful when I look at this. Mm -hmm. I feel whimsical. Mm -hmm. I feel um, connected to nature. Like yeah. she's very much, I, I see enjoying the sun and uh, very close to the water. Um, I feel sort of carefree mm -hmm. that like whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. And I'm just here for the ride and engage with um, as much as it, as much of it as I can. Um, definitely, I feel a pull to nature holding this rose so delicately, like almost mm -hmm. like a reverence for it. Mm -hmm. I definitely have felt that recently in the last year or two, like finding God through nature mm. and connecting to the divine through watching the palm trees sway or mm. watching the little birds on the beach go in and out looking for food like I could sit there for an hour and connect with the divine through those little birds does it feel like a call to adventure <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> no I, it doesn't necessarily it, it doesn't uh, you mean the card yeah. or what just that engagement with nature and that engagement with this this newfound um it doesn't experience. really feel like a call it feels like oh this is it this is what I've been like searching for in some sort of connection to the divine like is is this feels really really good this feels like 
natural. Like I just found it and it found me and it wasn't handed to me like this is what we do we love looking at the blowing flowers Mm -hmm. and palm trees and this is how you connect with god it was like i just i stumbled upon it so beautifully and allowed myself to feel it and was like this feels so good i'm gonna go with it it's so beautiful because i love what chase just did he added in there you know what the that and see this is a perfect example of how somebody that reads the cards that knows that that's one of the motifs a call to adventure and i love that you rejected that and you went (laughs) with what what you felt and then you know it's a perfect example of how the reader is going to you know put into what you should feel and what you should experience. And so instead, you spoke so beautifully to the archetype of the fool. The one small um, correction I'll make, and that's just because this is not a high resolution deck that you have. And it's okay if you saw waves and that's important for you because it's the feminine. Those are actually snow-capped mountains. Oh, wow. And he's stepping off or she is stepping off the precipice of something. But the engagement of life is what you see here. I think Mm. what's also Mm -hmm. really important is that this card is bright yellow. And you'll see this in relation to other cards is that there's so much brightness in this mm-hmm. that you you are engaging in life in, in such a, this is the inner child, the pure potentiality of life, that anything is possible and that there is this divine trust that I don't even need to watch my way. I may plummet into the chasm, into the chaos of life, and that's okay. The fool doesn't carry much with him. You see that his bag is light. And so here, when we are in the stage of the soul and what is possible, we don't need to bring our past with Mm. us. We carry lightly. We move through the world in such a way that we are joyful and we are open. The dog that you called to in this as well, is the instinct and the connection with our instincts. And we don't know if the dog is warning the fool not to jump or if the dog is being like, let's do it. And again, we don't need to know. There's just this divine trust in life that, you know, my path is is set out in front of me. And in this case, the path is going off the side of a mountain. That doesn't sound like the prescribed path. (laughs) That sounds like danger. And yet what, what might be there? And so for you right now, you know, you are in a stage of your journey and the fool is, is allowed to be in, 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 this is the circumambulation. It can be in any stage. Yeah. So you could be going through the tower right now and have the fool being like, just keep going. You're going through hell. Keep going. Mm-hmm. But for you, this is this is telling you that you know the world is your oyster. I want to say too that your connection with nature and what you're flirting with there makes you a witch. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. I love it too. It it is that connection to, you know, what everything around you is a part of you. And when we fully embrace ourselves, we embrace everything and, and life is a journey and it is a call to adventure. Yeah. Mm. I I, I actually Mm -hmm. like really empathize with you in that, in that experience with nature. And, um, I swim once a week, Mm. uh, in, in an outdoor pool and I often go in, and it's a meditative process for me. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'll even take, you know, substances that assist in that sort of out of body experience mm. in the pool. I step out, I'm barely clothed and I have a 45 minute walk back home through nature yeah. and I am the fool. You I am free. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about free. a damn thing. I've, yes. I've been an hour in touch with, uh, the divine and I am no care in the world. I'm, I have glimpsed beyond the veil and I'm in love with it. I'm drunk with it. Uh And and it's, it's, it's Uh that you're foolish because you, you are to be observing that individual who is maybe not walking in a straight line, who is maybe not paying attention to the traffic, but is, has their face in a, in a rose bush, um, is, 
is foolish. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I thought of with this is it's sort of contradictory towards my Enneagram, which is the type three achiever, Mm -hmm. because the achiever would be like, I'm going to climb this fucking mountain, Mm -hmm. you know? And the fool is really that balance Mm -hmm. and, and me engaging with that fool type archetype in myself. It feels really good because so much of my life I know has been do, 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 Mm -hmm. do. What can I achieve? Mm -hmm. And how can I show people that I'm, I'm valuable Mm -hmm. rather than finding that value within myself and just being uh, enjoying the path and enjoying the ride uh, instead of creating my path and knowing every step of the way and how I can achieve it best. Right, right. So it feels really balanced with maybe more of my tendency and my programming mm-hmm. coming up in a big family and, and being the youngest and like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm valid. I'm valuable. And this is how I'm going to show you yeah. all versus like, I'm trusting the divine. Yeah. I'm trusting yeah. my path and that I, I am trusting that as long as I keep engaging with my soul, this path is perfect. And it's the, and it, this is the wild woman. This is the wild archetype. So this transcends programming. Mm. And this is what, it, it, you know, there's always in every, in every court, there's always a jester. And the jester is there to remind us not to take life too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The king needs to have the shadow of the jester there to make mockery of what we think is so important. Yeah. Right. right? And so the fool is foolish, but it's a divine foolishness that mm-hmm. we need here. Mm-hmm. And so you are very much in touch with that part of yourself right now that you can still, you maybe you already climbed that mountain and yeah. now you're like, and now I'm going to jump off. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you can't be who you are. It's just a, a reminder that, you have the freedom to just be. And yeah. if, if if I think about this correctly, the jester, a good gesture, mm-hmm. would be able to say anything exactly. to the king. Uh-huh. He's allowed to. Only but one. Like the only one mm-hmm. who can mock the king, but will do it in a way that nudges, that, that pushes towards balance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, mm. Love that. Is there anything else that... Just knowing me and I guess a little bit uh, about my... I think in, in it's freedom from, you know, that w- again, what the fool carries is light. Like you are letting go of all of those things that you have carried with you and that there is freedom in allowing yourself to still remain undone. Mm. You know, that you don't know <clears throat> what your future holds for you in this. And the rose in this case too, if you notice there's... There's also roses on the clothes Mm -hmm. and the white rose is a sign of purity. And what guides our journey is often comes from that place of purity. It's when we have plans, right? That God laughs at us. It's when we say that our life needs to look a certain way. So when we operate from that place of spontaneity and trust, which is what you're doing right now, Mm -hmm. but you're doing it in a way that, and this is the fool's journey. Like I have a journey right now that I'm on and I'm trusting both my intuition and my connection with everything. But I also am trusting that I'm on the path. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. uh, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, I can't say anymore. Um, I pulled the card that I needed to. You did. But yeah, <laughs> that was fun. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. So All right. we, so we put the fool back in. I put in. the fool back in because yeah. you never know. Right. We have to leave all options available. Shuffling for my love. Shuffling and laying these out in a fan-like way. Ooh, ooh, the tower. (laughs) All right. 
So the tower tower is number 16. Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking at is a tower, not unlike something you would see in like Lord of the Rings style tower. Uh, there is a crown at the top of the tower that is getting struck by lightning and falling off of the top. This crown is, is massive. Um, there are falling individuals, what looks like a man and a woman, off of the top of the tower. There are flames. This thing's on fire. There's smoke coming out of it. Um, at the bottom of the tower is uh, like rocks. And um, there are actually some what look like birds or like almost doves that are falling off of the tower as well. Um, and the color? And the color is black. It's very dark card. Very ominous. There's so, your Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there's the Dungeons and Dragons. And so this is so beautiful. Um, this to me is that dark night of the soul. It, uh, maybe not that extreme for me in this current moment. I'm not currently in the dark night of, of my soul. But it, a time of, of like the peak of chaos. Potentially the moment where... Um, you wonder, has all hope been lost? And, uh, I, you know, absolutely in my life, like like the company that I work for, which is hard to even say a company I work for because it's just like my family, um, there is a lot of uh, chaos, a lot of change, um, is what I thought my work environment would look like um, ever going to be the same again. And I can't say that I'm through that, that space um, to be transparent. And so it is, it is a fitting card based on what I'm interpreting here, which would be this, this scene of chaos, this, this moment of like, man, are we bent so far that this thing might actually break? Um, and, um, yeah, that's what I got from it. Very good. <clears throat> and remember too, that the tower, right? It's, it is reminiscent of the tower of Babel. Mm. And so here we have sort of the religious um, imagery in this. And what's really interesting about this card is that there aren't, when you look through the 22 cards, there aren't many, if any, cards that have structures. So what we see in the forefront of the card here is a structure of a tower, a very erect structure. And in that, as you said, that there is lightning that strikes the top of this. So when we break this down, like this is this, these structures that we create for ourselves, our sense of... Yep. of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. The establishment of order is being, in this sense, it's it's being, there's an, a, a lightning strike of awakening, right? And in that, that when this is something that comes down and think about it, like when lightning strikes, all those puns become really important. Yep. So don't be afraid to use them in that. So go from that. What is being struck from above? I, well, it's, it's just funny. Physically, I literally struck my rib cage about Aye. four weeks ago and I broke my ribs. The structure, the structure of your, who you are. Of who I am. Yeah. And, and, and even my life, like my my role specifically mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Uh, the company that I work for, I what I do isn't even held by that that title. Mm-hmm. It is so much more. And it's it, that title and the role and responsibility of what I'm doing yeah. is coming significantly more. So that, yeah. that strike to the structure of my life, Very good. my workouts that I structured religiously into my life were scrapped when I dropped 165 pounds on my rib cage. Mm-hmm. Like that is no longer. Um, that being said, what I do know and what I do know about the, the, the tower and the sequence is that like leaning into this, this is a beautiful thing and this is a beautiful opportunity knowing what's 
beyond this, right? Yes, but I want you, and and so that the listeners also, it's okay that it's not beautiful. It's terrible. It's terrifying. <laughs> this is one of the worst cards in the deck. Fuck. And people, <laughs> no, and, and people, and worse, you know, I say with air quotes in that it's it's scary. You're going to look at all my the crown other. crown is falling off. Yes. And there's people that are jumping out of, yes. this is reminiscent yes. of 9-11. This yeah. is so you, wild. You know, like, that, and I, I love what you actually said there because the physical body is the densest form. This is, this is pentacles. It's the densest form of our energy. This is the densest form of structure. And so, you know, when you dropped that on your ribs, it forced you to have to rethink the structure of your mm-hmm. life. Yep. And this is a card of crisis. It's a card of crisis of faith. Everything that I've put my faith and my life into to organize, to order my life as such is being exploded from above. And from that, there's the crown. Like, think about that. When we crown ourselves with, I know, and who's <sighs> jumping out is the feminine and the masculine, every part of you, every constituent is under some sort of catastrophe right now. And it's interesting that what you project into it is that it's beautiful. It's good, right? Because there's almost then the refusal of it's terrifying and it's terrible. And that's what the tower teaches us is that, oh, you want to think everything is beautiful and good and you want to see the positive and everything and learn the lesson. All right, then we're going to make another crisis happen. It's so true. (laughs) I I mean, you know, we podcast and we talk about health and wellness all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly working on my body. And then all of a sudden Uh I get freaking wrecked with, with, with a injury and it changes everything. Exactly. I'm barely, barely able to roll out. And that's the point is that you needed to take a blow to your structure in such a way that it slowed you down yeah. so that you could, and this is where this is the dark night of the soul. 16-7 is also a karmic card in numerology. You have to go within now and really revise and say, what is important to me? Mm. And this is an, um, and you know, the, this is an initiatory process. The tower is the end of the tarot deck, whereas the fool is something a little bit different. And so this is a stage that you're moving through that is, is not something you're going to figure out. You just started it. I I mean, that blow to your ribs is the lightning striking the building and what comes crumbling down. We choose then what, how we, you know, salvage what we salvage Mm. and what becomes important, Mm. which will then be represented in the next Mm. card, which is the beautiful card of the star. So stay in the darkness right Mm. now. Mm. Okay. It's so freaking perfect. Oh, beautiful. Very, very different than the fool. <laughs> very. Di- and you can see that in the image. If you put the two cards side by side, yeah. you're, you are going to have a visceral response to one over the other. Yeah. And that's the first thing is that when we engage the intuition, we have to bypass the mind that wants to draw conclusions, assumptions, analysis. We, this is a process by which we want to feel into. There is nothing beautiful about feeling into the tower card. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, because, because if I can give myself credit for the last four weeks, four or five weeks, I've, I've taken a, I've had some moments and Megan's seen them where I've been like, fuck this. Good. Like I'm in physical, more physical pain than I have been in my adult life. Yeah, we've had some hard conversations where there's been some level of vulnerability and like, you know, showing like, hey, I don't have everything figured out or all together right now. Compounded by chaotic, a similar tower chaos at at my work environment. And there's been moments of like, Hey, give me five minutes here. I'm going to, I'm going to completely vent. And then, but then I, I I do want to flip it into the, to an angle of what an opportunity. 
What an opportunity for growth. Yes, Chase, but this is what the archetype of the tower teaches you is not to rush that process. Okay. Mm. Because when we rush that process, the universe has such a wonderful sense of humor that it will give it to you again. Mm. Okay. And right. give it to and this time it took <laughs> 165 pounds yeah. to hit you yeah, there yeah. to be like, pay attention. Mm. Yeah. So we have to stay in that and, and the darkness teaches us then about our own inner light. This strikes the top of the building, which mm. is the mind. And the mind in its subservient fashion is the monkey mind, which you refer to. But the mind in the most grandest sense is our connection to the divine. Yeah. And I am, my my monkey mind, my ego mind mm -hmm. is incredibly good at mimicking my <laughs> higher self. Yes. And Ooh, that's good. every step that I take into evolution, into the person and the individual and the soul that I want to be, that ego mind is really quickly behind. Yeah. And so it will quickly start rationalizing and justifying using beautiful language mm. why I maybe should get back into exercising right away before, I sh before I'm fully healed or, or laying out a structure that, I, that is going to be you know, more, more conducive to healing. Okay, wait, wait. I'm so excited. So what you just said there is I use language to justify. Go back to what was the point of the Tower of Babel? Mm. What happened as a result? Do you know? The, uh, what did what did God do? When dis destruction. But what happened as a result of that? There were many different languages. Exactly. And no one, different, no one right. could yeah. understand. That in the exactly. hubris of thinking that we spoke the language of yeah. God, that God needed mm -hmm. to rain down upon us, that now you don't all speak the same language. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that your words will not lead a staircase to God. Mm -hmm. It is the experience of our humanity, of our vulnerability that brings us back down to the <coughs> ground where we where mm -hmm. we originated from. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I have goosebumps Me on too. the inside and Beautiful. outside of my body right now. Yes. Wow. Oh, so so powerful. Right? So you can see how you can take one tarot card and we can do a complete therapy <laughs> right. session yeah. oh, over yeah. that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like... We should do this again and, and you know. Go I, through each, uh, like the card. I mean, what's what we didn't get to do, which I'm sorry for, is that. More to it, be desired. Is, is to go through the cards of, of how it is the fool's journey. Yeah. yeah. And how that parallels our journey. Yeah. No, definitely. We, yeah. We're not done with this because <laughs> we're That'd just be starting. really fun to do. And it'd be fun to do on video. Yeah. That'd be really fun to do. All right. All right. We'll There's more to be desired. Yeah. Yes. We are. There you go. Thanks for letting me read your souls. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> it's so wonderful. You, speaking of archetypes, you are our fairy godmother okay. in our life. Yes. Thank you. I love that. It, it is you are. so I will real. That. What color are my wings? Oh, you're, you're light purple. Yes. Yeah. You got, you got purples and blues for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Thank you so much for being here You're and welcome. just sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. It is, I honestly never get sick of listening to you and learning from you. And one thing that I will say to you and the listeners is we've come across a lot of teachers and guides mm -hmm. and people who are wise and have things to teach others. And as type three achievers, we're constantly looking for more learning and one thing that I will say about you is that not only do you engage the student, obviously, you want us to develop our own skills. It's not just the Adrian show, like you've said before, <clears throat> but you also, I, I, <laughs> I fully trust that you take this seriously and that you take it seriously for us and that you, you it's not like you don't speak of these things lightly and that you have our best interest in mind. And that's really rare. Like, um, I'm a naturally trusting person by nature, but Chase is definitely not. And in a good way, we balance each other. And you are just someone that we've never had an issue with, like, 
does she really have our best interests in mind? And you just, you speak to it beautifully. Mm -hmm. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much for showing up for us and our listeners and um, just continuing to do the work yourself. Yes. Yes. We've witnessed that, you know, firsthand and and you are just an incredible human being. Thank you so Mm. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really quickly, maybe Mm -hmm. we can spitfire these. As we know that the medicine is all about disease prevention for body, mind and relationships What's the first thing that you think of when I say medicine for your body right now? Medicine for my body. Rest. Mm. Love it. Mm-hmm. On par with <laughs> rest <laughs> with oh, our yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. What about for your mind? What feels like medicine? Mm, that's a hard one. Um, contemplation. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never, art never art and contemplation. Mm-hmm. What about for your relationship or relationships? What feels like medicine? Adventure. Love it. Mm. Such good answers. Adventure right now. Rest, yeah. contemplation, and adventure. Yes. Ugh. Something we all Beautiful. probably need more of. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening in. And don't worry, Adrian will be back. Like I said, if you have not listened to um, our previous episode with her, go and do that now. We will link it in the show notes. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with yes. about Tarot or anything? Or yes. anything else you have going on. Anything else we can we can tell the world that you're a part of and because they're going to be thirsty for more Adrian. Uh, well, I'm all, I am, you know, I have my other business doing soulful slumber parties and most of the slumber parties, we are definitely playing with tarot cards because that's an, an important piece of it. Um, but you can also go to my website. I write a tarot forecast every month called tar- it's a tarot scope. And so if you go to my website, adrianabeta.com and you look at, at your sign, I write every, I, for the last 20 years have been doing um, a monthly forecast. And so that's available Uh, And then I also teach this individually. I have online classes on my website and I love doing this. I I do parties. If there's a group of people that want to get together and talk tarot for the evening, that's my, this is my jam. Mm. Love it. Yes. Thank you again for being here. We love you so much. I love you guys. All right, (laughs) you guys go spread some light into your day and we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.